Hey, good morning, Marie. How's it going? Good morning, Jesse. Or actually, good afternoon for you. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's Friday on your time, right? Yeah, yeah. And Saturday morning for you, right? Saturday morning for me. Talking halfway across the world. Yep. Yeah, so how's your week been? How's it going? Uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, quite a busy week this week. It's it's weird because um, I was reflecting on what we did this week. I thought of some of it was last week. It's so the weeks just go by so quickly because there's so much going on. But you know, it was a good week. We yeah. um, what did we do? We had we had a team meeting on Monday in person. So there's there's two other people working on Llama Life uh, in addition to me. I, I was a solo founder up until the start of this year, and then slowly been building out the team. So we we met in person. We everyone came to my place and just amazing. Like it's such a big difference when you actually can talk to someone face to face and brainstorm ideas. So we did that on Monday. What else did I do? We sent out a newsletter this week. We have a monthly newsletter that goes out. Also did some marketing stuff like around like creating digital, like online ads, ad templates for Llama Life. Yeah, it was a pretty busy week and some coding as well, features and stuff. So what's that change been like? I I imagine going from a solo dev to having like a team is quite a Mm. big change. Like yeah, uh, I'm just imagining like side projects to work on and then somebody else coming in and coding alongside me. And that that just feels like a huge change. Like, uh, how's that been? What's that like? Yeah. So this is interesting. So that, so for context, there's um, myself, then there's one person who's focusing on sort of marketing community and partnerships. And then there's one other developer. So it's been really uh, challenging because I'm a pretty new developer, so I taught myself to code about two and a half years ago, I think it is now, but I've never worked Mm -hmm. as a developer on a team, so I've never worked in a larger team, right? I've never been someone contributing to someone else's code base. It's always just been myself. You know, when you work by yourself, I guess there's different, you fall into different habits. Like when I started, I was just pushing to production straight away. I didn't really have a process. (laughs) Then over time, I started creating a process for myself. But then when you add another dev in, you know, obviously you have to talk about process with them too and make sure you're both adhering to the same process because it can get messy really quickly. And Mm -hmm. I think because I'd never really done it before, like worked in a team, it was kind of challenging to figure out like well what what is the best practice right how do we both work on a feature together and how do we create branches and stuff off the main repo like wh- how are we going to set this up so we actually spent quite a bit of time talking about that and and figuring out the best way to do it and i think we got to a good point but it's also still evolving i think it will just evolve because right, we yeah. keep making mistakes we had a lot of issues with like merging code together and we're like oh my god this is it's a, it's it's got it can get exponentially messy and we've only got two people. Imagine if we added another dev, like it would just get crazy real quick. So I think we're okay with where we landed in the process, but it definitely took some time to talk about that and figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, I, so my full-time job is doing software development and design. And so I'm definitely all too familiar with the merge conflicts and having to weed out like, Oh, we, these two different features we were working on actually touch a lot of the same code and just sort of like having to figure out who's going to be the one to go through <laughs> these merge conflicts and make sure that everything is good to go. Mm. And yeah, that's so I've, I've never had that experience of like starting fresh and then like building a team, like starting with my own code and then like adding somebody to it. And I'm sure there's a lot of things where you you know, you feel like this is the way I do things and this other person doesn't do it. And now we have to figure out like, 
is this a thing that I do because it's a good thing or just like it's a habit that I'm used to doing it this certain way and having to figure yeah. out all that kind of stuff? Exactly. And, yeah. you know, I want I want to learn new things too. So sometimes, you know, if someone says, hey, I'm going to try and code it in the same way just so it, you know, it fits or the same style, there's like this little doubt that goes through my head, which is, well, did I do it the right way to begin with? Like are we just going to be perpetuating <laughs> mm-hmm. something that's been done, you know, in, in incorrectly or maybe not the best way. So there's always that sort of doubt. And I think it's good to get fresh eyes on, on your code and someone to bring new ideas because you just never know otherwise. Right. But then there's also the question of balance, right? Which is if we already have a certain pattern that's set up in the code, a certain structure, and we're just adding something to that, you know, is that quicker to do it that way or go, hey, maybe there's another way to rewrite this and, and go through a whole rewrite. Because you've got to balance the time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's not worth it. Like, especially <laughs> given the stage of the business, which is super early stage, mm-hmm. it's better just to get out of feature. And yeah, maybe that's not scalable later, but there's a time and place to go, let's do a rewrite. And it's, there's definitely not the time to do that now. Yeah, I, I find, I like the advice uh, people say when you're when you're young like that of do things that aren't scalable because like, it's okay that it's not scalable. Like that's not your concern right now. Right now mm-hmm. you want to run into scalability concerns because that means you're growing quickly. <laughs> like exactly. that's kind of almost, you want to run into that friction. Does your team use like prettier and tools like that for managing like code styles? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love prettier. Yeah. 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 We got into the whole, oh, so funny. Like, you know how there's a whole tabs and spaces debate and like, is it two spaces or mm-hmm. four spaces? Or single quotes, double quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my God. So I guess it, it doesn't really matter, but like I use tabs, but my tab is set up to two spaces. And then mm-hmm. I, um, you know, the, the other person on my team used like four spaces. And then when I first saw like the first version, I was like, oh my God, there's nothing wrong with the code itself. But I was like, it's really hard for me visually to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like such small things like that. Mm-hmm. Just like the visually, I'm like, oh, this looks really different. Yeah, so now we use prettier. So it just takes care of that for us. It always is formatted the same way. And I love just being able to hit like the prettier key and then everything (laughs) just looks nice. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when I first started using prettier and I do not know about this. Like initially I was disagreeing with some of the style choices. I'm like, Ooh, that is not how I format this page. But then eventually after using it for a while, it was just like, I don't even have to think about it now. This is great. It like takes the having to think about how to structure stuff off of my mind. Like I just like hit Mm. save prettier lines code up a certain way. And I just sort of get used to like, yep, "Yep, that's good enough. And I do still, whenever I'm working on a new project, there's, there's a bit of that, like, are we going to use single quotes or double quotes? Are we going to have semicolons? (laughs) I'm personally, I hate semicolons, but some people are like diehard. They want to have their semicolons. (laughs) So there's that sort of like, there there can be that initial deciding what settings to use, but then it's like, okay, well now it's done. We figured out what it is. We saved the prettier file and now I can sort of just not think about it. I hit save and it automates all that for me, which is great because prior to that, I had so much time wasted debating with people which thing to do or one person Mm. would just refuse to change. They're like stuck in their way doing their thing. And then your code base gets all messy because you have like files that don't, yeah, don't match up. And yeah, I love modern tools that have just sort of taken care of that and gotten rid of that. Oh, definitely. Moving on, you mentioned also like your, your newsletter. Yeah. I'll first just say, so my week this week, I was, I was out camping for half the week. So the family went out camping for a few days and Monday night I was literally (laughs) 
the kids were asleep and my wife was in, we had like a cabin, uh, like a small cabin. And my wife was in there with the kids and I was up just like hanging out with the campfire. And I was staring at the campfire, just sort of thinking about things. And I had this sudden thought of like moment of panic where I realized that I forgot to set up my newsletter. I had planned to like, I'll write the newsletter beforehand, schedule it. And I totally didn't do that at all. So I frantically... (laughs) by the campfire, pulled out my laptop, and then I had to, I connected it. Luckily, I had my laptop with me. And then I connected it, you know, mm. paired it to the phone, which had like one bar, but was like just <laughs> enough that I was able to get the newsletter together and uh, send it out. Um, so How yeah, often you, does your newsletter go out? Is it monthly? Mine's weekly. That's a commitment. That's really, that's yeah. a commitment. Yeah. So I've been doing it for about a year and a half now. I don't yeah, know how yeah. many issues that is, but it's... Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've been... It's one of those things I've I've been able to stay consistent with it. So it's been every single week for yeah a year and a half, and yeah, wow. it's been great. Yeah, that's great. We our newsletter goes out once a month, and even then it feels like you know it takes takes a bit of work to get it together mm-hmm. and to do it well because you always have to think you know every time you you hit someone's inbox, your your goal is to provide them some value and hope that they don't unsubscribe. But every time you hit someone's inbox, it's a reminder, like they, they need to make a decision. Do I read this and do I stay subscribed or do I unsubscribe? Like that is essentially what, what goes through my head every time I get someone else else's newsletter because right, my inbox yeah. is crazy enough. So <laughs> every time I get someone else's newsletter, it's like, first of all, well, do I open it? Do I read it? And then once I open it, it's like, do I stay subscribed or do I unsubscribe? So I always see the newsletter as an opportunity to contact a customer, but it's also something you have to kind of protect and go, well, we need to make this valuable enough that they don't unsubscribe. Like how can we be providing Mm -hmm. value every month? And it takes effort to do that. So when you say you do it every week, I'm like, wow, that's, (laughs) yeah, that's commitment. And you, you just do it by yourself, right? Yeah. So it's just me. I initially, when I first did it, I had, I've always been working on it solo, but when I initially did it, I had more of like a process. So I would kind of like work on it through the week. And now I honestly, I kind of, I kind of wing it. Like I think about it throughout the week. Like I'll sort of consider stuff. And sometimes if I'll have, like if I find a resource that I want to share or if there's something specific, like I don't want to forget to talk about this thing, I might create a draft and sort of like drop notes in the draft. But a lot of it, I just Mm -hmm. like the pressure, my, my alarm goes off on Monday and like reminds me like, Hey, you got to do the newsletter. And I just sort of like sit down and a lot of the time, because I'm tweeting a lot of the things I think about, a lot of times I'll kind of go back through the week and look at tweets yeah. that I've written and then see if like a lot of the time there's like, oh, this would be a good topic to expand on a little bit. But mm-hmm, I've, I mm-hmm. have kind of like a two, like a double strategy that works for me and which is I keep it really short And so that works for the audience because it makes them less likely to unsubscribe and more likely that they can read it because it's just it's a real short thing. And it makes it easier for me because I don't I don't have to like try and write like a thousand words every week. It's usually more like 250 words or something like that. I keep my newsletter pretty simple that way Mm. where it's just kind of like one little like 250 ish word topic. Mm. And then kind of I'll do like sometimes resources uh, and sometimes I'll link a couple of the tweets just to sort of like highlight some of the things I'm saying. But yeah, that's sort of yeah. what how that's been working for me. And it's been great. Like people seem to enjoy that I keep it really short, which, you know, makes sense since my audience is, you know, people with ADHD. Yeah, I yep. think that's good. I mean, I, I've got a similar approach. Like we definitely try and keep it short because I think people tend to skim 
the newsletters mm-hmm. as well. Like at the beginning, I thought, well, people are going to read every single word. But <laughs> yeah. actually, they're just, they're just skimming it, right? So it's got to be short and they're probably getting like 10 other newsletters or more as well. So you're just one in you know a very, very busy inbox. So we keep right, it really right. short as well. And we also have a certain format because that makes it easier for us to think yeah. about the content. But it also makes it easier for the reader because they know what to expect every week or every month, you know. The other thing we do for format is um, we have some Llama Life product tips and we always feature a Llama mm. Life user and ask for their product tips, you know, on how they, they're using the tool. Because obviously mm. it is something to be promoting Llama Life as well. But we always try at the end, like every edition, we have a cool website. That's kind of our, our format. It's like Llama Life news, Llama Life user. And then right at the end of the newsletter, we'll go, here's a cool website we found for you. So every newsletter, we, we try and find something super interesting that is kind of related to the productivity space, which is where Llama Life falls. It's a productivity app. Mm-hmm. And we find like a quirky, cool website and we'll share that with our readers because, I don't know, I just think it's kind of interesting. We also do a PS right at the end, which is another mm. quirky thing. So we put two kind of interesting, quirky things right at the end of the newsletter to help provide some value outside of Llama Life, like outside of the tips and tricks. And we find that works pretty well. Our open rate is about 40%, which I mm-hmm. think is okay. Um, what your open rate, what was your open rate again? It was a bit higher, right? Yeah, so I, I've heard, I haven't looked at this recently, but I, when I looked before, I felt like it seemed like 25, 30% was kind of average for most newsletters. I mean, it varies kind of wild, wildly because people have different topics or whatever. But yeah, I mine used to be when I first started, it was around kind of 30% for the first like six months or so. But then it's it's done really well since then. And part of that, I think, was refining the format where I just sort of like I write less now, which people prefer more because I, I think early on I was trying to pack a ton of stuff. So I had like four or five sections in there and I wrote a lot more and I think it was just like a little too much. And so now my open rate is mm. right about 50%, um, which oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm real, really happy with that open rate. And yeah, and people seem to get a lot of value out of, out of the newsletter. I find that I feel like a little bit of pressure of like, I always try to cover a topic and then end it with like a strategy or like a take home, like how, like, what can you do about it? Not just like, hey, here's this thing, you know, everything's mm. about ADHD. So I try not to just do educational about a thing, but like, here's sort of a thing. And then here's what you can do about it. That's sort of like my general take. Yeah. And it seems to be that's like really a, good, actually. Yeah, feedback's mm. been really great. I, I love that idea of here's a topic, here's a bit more about the topic, but then yeah, what can you what can you do? What can you try? I like the action thing. We I don't think we really do that. I think we just kind of go here's the thing. Or actually, no. To having to be fair, on the last one we sent, which was yesterday, mm. we were talking more about uh, community and how to kind of tap into your community to help you when you're stuck on certain things. And we did we did sort of put the question out there, you know have a think about the communities that you're you're part of and what problems are you trying to solve at the moment? And we kind of encourage people to reach back out to their community for that help. So there was kind of like a little bit of an action at the end. Right. But nice. I think having that as the format, like that is the format every time is a good thing. Yeah. I find that it really, it, I think people, like they come to expect that and then they sort of feel like, oh, I know what this is. And so it's, it's less daunting to kind of, open and read the email because they kind of know what to expect from it. And so I think I've, Mm. you know, set the standard of like, oh, I'm going to get something practical from this, 
Like when I get the extra focus yeah. newsletter, I'm going to get something I can apply like mm. as soon as I read and, and it'll be quick. It's not going to be a lengthy email because there's some newsletters I yeah. get and it's great stuff, but it's so much content that I just, I can't yeah. read it. Like most email apps are not a great reading app. Uh, it's usually not a good experience for reading something long. And so I, yeah, yeah. I know I have that that struggle where I just like there's stuff I want to read and it just doesn't just doesn't work out for me so I end up like you said the unsubscribe I, I'm always having to make that decision whether or not this is something I want to keep and then mm. on the other side I subscribe to things all the time because I always I'm like always optimistic when I subscribe for something like this is going to be great I'm going to read this every time I'm going to get so much value out of it similar to like books on the shelves that I bought that I still haven't gotten to. <laughs> I'm like very yeah, optimistic oh, about God. the time that I think I'm going to have for consuming that content. But then the reality is it, yeah, it doesn't uh, quite pan out. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking about expectations, um, just uh, for, for the podcast, we had a few people sort of ask us, you know, what is this podcast kind of about? And um, maybe to help set some expectations around that, because we're trying to figure out, you know, this is episode two. We're trying to figure out what, what the tone is and, you know, what are we going to be talking about each week? And, you know, for me, I'm kind of thinking I build in public very – well, I build in public on Twitter. So I'm basically sharing the day-to-day -day of building Llama Life, kind of the, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the highs, the lows. But there's only so much you can fit in a 240-character tweet. So mm -hmm. in a way, I kind of see this podcast as just being another way to build in public but to expand – maybe on something that you wrote on Twitter, just expand on that a little bit more. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of context and nuance that is missing when you do a 240 character tweet. And I think that stuff's important. So sometimes it's nice to be able to just talk about it. And, you know, we also said it's an accountability thing for the two of us yeah. to, to kind of check in on each other. But I think it's also, you know, just by nature is when you talk about what you've been doing, it's, it's really just a way to, for me anyway, to build in public, but just more verbally on on a podcast like through audio and talking and yeah yeah I think the the kind of the goal with the podcast is like it's called the weekly build because I think both of us are builders like we love building new things and taking on new projects and for you right now obviously mm -hmm. llama life is your main thing that you're building and so a lot of what you'll yeah. be talking about on this and as we talk every week is mm -hmm. what you're doing there like yeah, the stuff we talked about last week with the copycat and the sale and now with like hiring a team. Yeah. And for me, uh, it's funny, we we're talking briefly before we started recording, like when we planned to do, to do this podcast, I had no like I had no plans to talk about YouTube at all. Like it wasn't even on my radar. But that was like the main thing I talked about last week because it's suddenly become oh, that's actually a big part of what I'm working on now because surprise, it sort of took off. And now I'm like, well, that's where I should invest some of my building time. So like I've been, that's the other thing I've been doing this week after I got back from camping uh, in the evenings. I recorded a bunch of the video last week and then I've been editing, trying to get my next video out. So hopefully, like fingers crossed, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, that video will have been posted to YouTube. So uh, if so, maybe we'll add a link to it. Um, I'm not sure, but mm. I, I want to talk a little bit more about the YouTube stuff. I... I'm trying to figure out, um, I'm not sure, are you familiar with uh, Ali Abdal? Yeah, 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 of course. Okay, yeah. yeah. Productivity oh, guru, right. of course, reviewer, yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, med, med um, he started off in med and, you know, he met studying medicine and, um, you know, one of the reasons his channel was so popular was, or is, is still popular, is that he's kind of juggling studying medicine and productivity at the same time. I think recently he made a decision to 
to go into YouTube and productivity full-time, mm -hmm. but he has a lot of very thoughtful tips and, you know, he has a, he's a great audience built up on, on YouTube. Yeah, yes, for so sure. yes, I am. I am aware of <laughs> Ali Abdul. Yeah. So he's, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of his stuff and I've seen a bunch of his videos talking about kind of how he built his audience and have found success on YouTube. And one of the things he's a big proponent of is post a video every week. And to me, I'm like, I don't think that sounds impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but I also see yeah. like that is kind of through that because you watch some of his older videos and they're not bad. Like he's always been decent at what he's doing, but the, the difference you can see in his own delivery has improved so much. And so mm. I'm, I, I think I'm trying to kind of balance that line in my head of like how much do I want to post because posting every week sounds super daunting and partly because I'm a perfectionist and I want to have the videos that I do have a certain level of quality. So I don't know if like doing every week is feasible, especially having a full-time job and everything, but it's something I mm. am wanting to kind of embrace the idea of doing more than feels comfortable for video, like releasing it before sure. it's like exactly as good as I want it sure. to be. It's so weird that YouTube's a big thing I'm thinking about right now. Cause it's again, was not on my radar at all, but like it, the algorithm picking up the one video has just made such an impact that I feel like it's a sign. Like I need to dive more, more into this. I think you just got to go with what your audience is gravitating toward. It's just a little bit like when you build a product and mm -hmm. you have a certain set of features in mind or a product roadmap. And then suddenly your audience is asking for something else or they're really resonating with something else. And so you have to kind of go that direction. So with you, it's, it's a little bit like that, but with just channels, like that seems to be a channel that's, you know, resonating with your audience and, and taking mm -hmm. off and it makes sense to go fill that channel with content now. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of funny. There's a lot of uh, like the YouTube etiquette that I'm having to learn that I didn't know before. Like uh, I mentioned to you before, like comments have, you can give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a heart. And I like I have no idea what the difference between a heart and a thumbs up is on YouTube. So that's I think a heart is mm. like more gets highlighted. Like I'm not totally sure. So I need to like figure out this whole it, you know, it's like a whole new social channel that I have to figure out all the rules. Uh, Cause like Twitter, I know yeah. really well. Instagram I've learned over the last year. Cause I've been posting the last year and slowly kind of learning the etiquette that way. And now I'm having to, yeah, yeah figure out YouTube. But it's also kind of a fun challenge. It's like this new thing to uh, figure out. And yeah, like you yeah. said, it it's a new channel to clearly there's a need there and, and a desire for the kind of content that I make. And it really allows yeah. me to dive deeper into stuff. Whereas kind of like you said with the tweets, like I can only say so much in a tweet and I don't write a lot of yeah. threads. So a video really allows me to yeah, kind me of either. do a deep dive on it. I have this rule with my tweets. It's kind of this two minute rule. And I actually tweeted about it this week. So the two minute rule for me is that, yeah, I don't write threads um, because, you know, everybody has had this experience where they spend a lot of time writing a thread and then nobody likes it, you know? So, mm -hmm. so I don't tend to write the threads. I tend to be more impulsive with my tweets. I don't schedule them either. I kind of just go, well, if I have something that's important enough to say, it should be able to come out in two minutes or less. And if it doesn't, mm. it means I'm overthinking it and it probably shouldn't be tweeted. So I just just tweet spontaneously. And if I can't write it in a quick, like a short amount of time, I just I just trash it, like I've just been it. <laughs> and that's worked really well for me. Nice. So um, yeah, I don't know, that's, that's something I do. And because otherwise you can spend all day on Twitter. 
You can right, spend hours yeah. trying to draft stuff and nothing happens. So I prefer just to do quick ones. Do you use uh, drafts at all for tweets? Like, do you save tweets as drafts at all or do you not do that? No, no. no. Everything <laughs> I tweet is just, it just came out in, in two minutes or less. <laughs> I kind of do a similar thing. If I have an idea for a tweet and I start to write it and it's not coming together, then I just, I walk mm. away. Like I don't spend like 10 minutes or longer, like trying to make it work. Uh, but a lot of times I yeah. toss it into drafts where if I feel like there's something here for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like it's quite connecting or quite right yet. I just throw it into drafts and then come back later. And mm-hmm. half the time when I come back later, I look at it and I'm like, nope, that's that tweet's garbage. <laughs> and then I just delete it. But it's sort yeah. of like getting that yeah. second look at it. Sometimes I'll see it. Like I had a tweet that I had written that was kind of specifically about sleep and it wasn't quite coming together. And then I saved it in drafts and then I came back to it later. And then I was like, oh, I should just take, actually, if I take out sleep and it becomes like the more generic tweet, it actually works a lot better. And so I did that. And then that's been a tweet that's like really connect with people and gotten, mm. you know, gotten a lot of uh, sharing and stuff. So yeah, I find that like throwing it in drafts, but not staring at it too long. And yeah, I definitely have had the mm. problem with trying to do a Twitter thread and like it doesn't take off. And you're like, that feels like so much wasted effort. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then on the other hand, you might do a tweet that's one sentence and maybe it's just a joke. So, for example, I tweeted something which was really just kind of like some silly tweet that was a, you know, I was trying to do some coding and I was stuck and I started eating this massive block of Toblerone, like a massive one. (laughs) And I think I tweeted something like, you know, I don't know, stuck on a coding problem, thought Toblerone could help. And that tweet just went crazy. And I'm like, that was just like a one second silly tweet. And then on the other hand, you might spend half an hour doing a thread and nothing happens. So I was like, there's just no, at least for my account, I'm not really focusing on threads and maybe it depends on the type of account. But for me, when I build in public, it's just like, yeah, well, here's what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And that's it. (laughs) Like it's, (laughs) it's just straight out. It's straight out. You know that it's going to be just straight out and something quick. Um, There is a downside to that too. I do have a lot of typos in my oh. <laughs> Well, hey, editing apparently is coming. There, There's more evidence of uh, el- really being able to edit tweets coming out. I think there was like an official Twitter account that posted something about it recently. So that uh, may, may be coming speaking soon. Of new, <laughs> speaking of new features, this week I got a lot of uh, notifications, pop-ups from Twitter asking me to create a Twitter circle. Mm-hmm. Did you get that? I've gotten it, it a on circle? a couple. Yeah, circle. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've gotten that for a couple of, I have like 20 Twitter accounts, like random different, you know, for the podcast and my own. And then I have private ones and I have like business ideas that I haven't done anything with. So I'll get like random notifications. And yeah, some of them got that. For my main account, I got the circle thing and I, I have no idea what I would use it for. Like that's not how I use Twitter. So the thing with circle—is it a circle? I'm getting confused. There was another, there was another Twitter feature, or was that community or something? Yeah, I think there is. The communities was, was the circle. one that came out. Yeah, the new new one right, is right, Twitter right, okay. Circle. Twitter Circle, yeah. So, so with that, I think. Um, uh, do you follow Dagobert on Twitter? Dagobert, he does startup memes. Um, oh, I, I should don't think so. Him. I it's, should. It's yeah, super funny. He's so funny. So I think I think it was him. He I think he tweeted something like, you know, Twitter circles. It's so it's it doesn't make any sense because most people are trying to get a larger like reach an, a larger audience with their tweets. But Twitter circle is basically saying create a small circle 
and only those people are going to see your tweets. And it's like, well, I don't think that's why people are on Twitter. I mean, isn't that what DMs are for or like a messaging app where you create a small group? So it just seemed a bit weird for me. And yeah, so I haven't, I haven't set up circles and I'm not planning to. Yeah, same. I mean, sometimes I have, the only thing I can think is like, so I have a, you know, my Twitter account is obviously ADHD focused and mostly the stuff I post is like related with ADHD. Because of that, the account's grown to a size now where I feel like there's some things like I can't talk about (laughs) Um, or there's like this weird pressure. Like I probably am not going to tweet about sports events that I'm watching. Like I'm a big Mariners fan, Mm -hmm. Seattle Mariners And if something big happens with them, I'm probably not going to tweet about it unless it's like, oh, they went to the World Series and it's like a huge deal. But for the most part, that stuff is like, well, most of my audience doesn't care. They're here for the ADHD stuff. So it would be kind of interesting to if I like if I happen to know like, oh, I've got like 30 buddies on Twitter that that care about the Seattle Mariners, maybe making like a circle Mm. for that. But that also just sounds like yeah. way too much work for something I'm not regularly doing. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the effort involved will be for me it would outweigh the any any plus. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you you hit on an interesting thing though, which is kind of you know niching down or niching down on Twitter or being very specific about what you're tweeting about. Just kind of kind of staying within your lane. Mm-hmm. Kind of fits with what we were talking about before with the newsletter about setting expectations like people want to know what they're going to get with a weekly newsletter same with a twitter account right like you if i follow someone i mean dagobert is a good example too because you know when you follow his account that you're going to get startup memes that's kind of his main he has a business as well he's building in public the business is called logology they basically create uh, logos for you very quickly and Mm logos which really fit your brand so they kind of match your brand and your tone and they create a logo for you but most of his tweet most of his twitter is about memes or that or his business so you know what you're going to get i think that's it's a really important point because sometimes when people are starting on twitter you know it's hard to grow your followers and part of the reason for that is because their tweets are kind of all over the place and you know, one mm-hmm. day you might get some random thing about what they're having for breakfast and the other day it could be about their their business. And you kinda you kinda wanna know, like if I follow this person, this is this is the content I'm gonna see. And your your account's a good example too, because I know I'm gonna get ADHD type <laughs> content or advice right. or something I can relate to when I about ADHD when I see your tweets. But if it was mm-hmm. all over the place about sport as well, I'd I don't know, I probably don't wanna hear about that stuff from you. I think it would be people would be less either less likely to follow or more more likely to unfollow if I was tweeting about lots of random yeah. stuff. And so you kind of Is that our, is yeah, that our like theme when, this week like <laughs> following, unsubscribing, <laughs> expectations. It sounds like that's kind of a theme that's happening here. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we'll use that use something like that for uh the episode title. Speaking of, we should probably wrap up. We we went long last week and we're edging up to go long uh, this week as well. And I have a bunch bunch of stuff that we can just push off to next week to talk about. And I know you have other topics too, but I, I think it would be mm. good to maybe end with like, what is what's something accountable? What what's like an accountability challenge? What should I ask you about next week? Like, what do you want to work ooh, on between now and ooh, next episode? The pressure. 
Oh, <laughs> I have two two big things. They're very product related. So we've been trying to push out this feature in Llama Life. We're calling it overtime. It just means like when your Llama Life timer hits zero. So with Llama Life, you set a countdown timer for every task. When that hits zero, you're supposed to finish the task, right? But sometimes people are super focused and the timer can hit zero, but they're still working on it. And when they come back to Llama Life later, they're like, well, I just spent an extra 10, 15 minutes working on something, but you haven't accounted for it. So we're, we're going to start mm -hmm. counting the overtime that you spend and then ask people, you know, do you want to add this to the time you spent on that task or just discard it? I've been working on that feature for a while. It's trickier than people think because there's a lot of different <laughs> it scenarios. Like, it always is, right? So we've been working on it for, you know, three weeks, maybe four weeks, maybe now. Not That's not the only thing we're working on, but kind of off and on, we come back to this feature. So I really want to get it out next week. And then the other thing we're working on is Asana integration. Um, so basically pulling, if you, if you use Asana, pulling some of your Asana tasks into Llama Life with like, two button clicks and we're hoping to get that out next week too so they're the two big things so if you ask me about that next week and i say i haven't done it <laughs> then then there's, there's trouble <laughs> <laughs> awesome so o overtime and asana in integration cool yeah, yeah. and what for, about you? for me for me i'm um so i did the did the course we talked about that last week i did the course uh refocus your adhd brain back in august and i'm not yet doing that course again but i had I had Trina Haynes, who does ADHD content as well. She was like a guest speaker at that. And she and I are going, we're working on, we're going to do a workshop sometime in October, dates to be announced still. But so what I'm going to work on this week is getting the landing page done for that. So now I'm committing mm -hmm. live. So ask me next committing? week. Next week, that website uh -huh. should work and I'll give you the URL. Okay. I don't want to do it now because I'll be working on it this week. Okay. So it's a website for, for a course. Yeah. That I'm not going to name, but for a work. Yeah. An ADHD sure. workshop. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So All right, I'll ask cool. You next well, week. that's it. Then, uh, yeah, we'll chat next week. Sounds good. See you later.